Donchitz pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Donchitz wins the game at the buzzer! For Tyler Durbin, is super reliable inside of 40. This is from 45, it's blocked! Lions scoop it up! Back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles! Now he's got an entourage! And he's got a touchdown! When 6.15 hits... Nothing is off the table. This is No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin, live on Com Radio. What's up, danger? Like, what's up, danger? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into No Boundaries. We have a live studio audience as we look behind us through the glass door. People in our other studio in here are watching as we open the show. It is electric here in the Belisario Media Center. Connor Griffin, of course, joined by Zach Donaldson. What a week of content. A lot of stuff to talk about today. Zach, how are we feeling on this cold winter day in State College? I guess it's still fall, technically. Late fall. We haven't gotten to winter it's, yet. It's not even winter yet, and it's this bitter outside. Oh boy, yeah, it's bad. That's state college for you. No, we're doing we're doing good though. I had a little dentist appointment today. Had a, I guess you'd call it a scare. My I got a root canal um, a couple three. I think it was like three years ago, and it started to you know it's been like sore, acting up the past couple of days. So I wanted to go get it checked out, but thankfully everything looked good out of the nothing out of the ordinary. She just said I might be clenching my teeth, may have irritated it. So um, thankful, thankful for that because that is the last thing that I needed right now, especially as this semester is coming to a close. You know, well, so I, I also had a root canal a couple years back. Ugh. Awful. Yeah, one of the most painful experiences I've ever had dental wise. Actually, probably the most painful. I take that back. Yeah, I, I've had a lot of I've had a lot of dental uh, complications. Yeah, in my life, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, quite frankly. But um, here but yeah, we are now. Painful. Here we are now. Yeah, we survived. Overcoming the odds. And, uh, yeah, talking with our mouths. (laughs) It's not like, you know, our mouths are hurting us so much that we can't talk. Unfortunately for the audience listening at home, we do talk a lot, and we have a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. Minshew Mania. Let's get into Minshew Mania, talking about the birds right now. A lot to discuss. 33-18, they beat the New York Jets. Garner Minshew goes 20 of 25, two touchdowns. Started the game off. When was his first incompletion? Was it after he went like? I think it was. It was like 14 of 14, it was or like 17 of 18, wow. or 14 of 15 or 17 of 18, something like that. Yeah, but no. yeah. Great overall showing from Minshew. They score on their first seven drives of the game. Eagles uh, started off defensively, looked a little bit shaky. Yeah, but they settled in. Mm-hmm. And then they come away with, yeah, double-digit win over the Jets after a very disappointing game in the Meadowlands the week before. They right the ship a little bit. They now improve to 6-7. And seven. and uh, we got people talking about Minshew. This is, by the way, the worst week this could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> Heading into the bye week, Philly fans, the media have two whole weeks to you know sit on this topic and really let it breathe. What are you thinking about Minshew mania, and, and do you think – there is legitimate concern for a quarterback controversy in Philly. You know, I will say that the win, it was a fun win, and Minshew was. Was, was leading leading the troops, and I, I think it was a really fun win. It was a nice bounce back um, after that that 
brutal, horrible loss to, to the Giants. Um, but I mean, let's let's just say it as it as it is. He he balled out. He played extremely well. Um, like you said, it's his first. He didn't have an incompletion until he was close to twenty passes, which is you know it's it's incredible. Um, yet I I still don't feel like. There's, of course, to the city, there's going to be a QB controversy. The city is addicted to QB controversies, yeah. especially in the media. Um, but it, it just can't be. You know, I I like I like Minshew a lot, and I'm very glad that, you know, we have him. I think it was a, a good trade there by Howie Roseman because he came in, and, yes, it was the Jets. Um, but, you know, you saw his, his arm talent. He has, he has a, a talented arm. I don't want to say it's better than Hurts, but it might be uh, at, at this point. Um, but the thing with Hurts is we don't know if he can improve more yet. We I'm not sure if we've seen his ceiling. Um, Minshew, on the other hand, we might have seen his ceiling. But back to the the, the question, you know, he's a he's a delightful personality. You know, he's got uh, charisma out the wazoo, um, a fun guy, and, and really, you know, he's really fun to root for. And he's a he's a good he's a decent QB. But Jalen Hurts is you have to see you have to know what you have with him first and he he's shown you know he's shown enough he's shown enough flashes enough potential I think where he still has the keys to the offense and and I like how Sirianni kind of solidified that um in his post game you know remarks he didn't beat around the bush he said Jalen's our guy going forward we're glad we have Minshew blah 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 he played well but Jalen's the guy and that's how I feel too yeah I also think last year when you bring in Jalen Hurts and have him replace Carson Wentz. There was there was urgency. The team needed a spark because there was still you know a playoff spot at hand. This was a unit we thought was going to be able to sustain itself and have a, a lot of success moving forward. Doug Peterson at the helm, yeah. and you know a lot of surrounding talent. But yeah, Carson was struggling. The team needed something else and needed a different direction. So they go with Hertz to try and get that final playoff spot. Yeah. Obviously it didn't work out. Obviously, uh, they ended up in a situation where they were tanking in week seventeen. But still, move made sense. Yeah. Especially because the, the Foles thing too was still in the mix there. Exactly. And Hertz doesn't really have have that yeah. lurking. Well, but that and that's the thing too. There's no urgency here. Yeah. There is no urgency. There's no need to make this decision. There's no need to make this change and overall go a different direction at quarterback. We knew coming into this year, this was going to be a transition year. We knew that maybe it was going to be a transition year or two or three. First year head coach, essentially the first year for Jalen Hurts. It's a young core, young playmakers. We're not going to be winning a Super Bowl this year. Therefore, Yes, while the Eagles are still in playoff contention, I'm totally fine if they don't make the playoffs. I'm more worried about development as opposed to wins, losses, results. I, yeah, I want development. And if that comes with a playoff spot, great. If it doesn't, I don't care. So I need Jalen Hurts to be as developed as possible. I need him getting as many reps as possible. I need him getting as much support from the coaching staff, from the organization. They need to be building around him as opposed to going in on Gardner Minshew, who I agree. I, I think you're not going to get any better than yesterday, or not yesterday, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And it was the Jets. It was yeah. the worst defense in the league. If you look at ESPN, the power index, worst defense in the league. So I'm not putting too much stock in Gardner Minshew just yet. I love the guy. I love seeing his mustache and the just <laughs> overall the, I don't even know what you would call it, the, the 
like anti swag that he kind of brings to the field because he's not swag like it's goofy but yeah it's his own kind of swag yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but I I, just, I like seeing all that but at the same yeah. time I think you got to stick with Hertz and yeah, definitely you if you don't then you kind of erase all of the work that you did to overcome the chaos from last season I think yeah and I mean so far like you said we're in a the Eagles are in a playoff spot so all things considered you know I I don't think you can ask for for much more at, at, at this point like you said especially after escaping the atrocity that was last season yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's the birds you want to get into uh Patriots and Bills yeah why not I do I did want to mention we don't talk about him a lot on this show what Dallas Goddard Oh yeah, no, that's true. He I just I feel game. like we never bring up Dallas Goddard, and he finally had that big, you know, breakout game that 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 I think we've all been waiting for. Had two touchdowns early in the first quarter, and yeah, I think it's about time that changes. We we got to talk about him more because he's he's really good. He's franchise tight end worthy, and uh, you know, I I we'll see. You know, who the quarterback is if it ends up being Jalen Hurts. I think he can be a a nice an elite security blanket for him for for years to come along the lines of like a like a Greg Olson type maybe I know that's a that's a lot um but it is four year 57 million contract extension you know he's got to do something uh if, he, if he's you know getting paid that and I think that was a that was a good start long way to go consistency will be the key for him but I, I was I was a big fan of of that game that he put together on, on Sunday and he gained a little bit more of a fan in me you know going forward and I love did you see <laughs> Did you see the one social media clip um, when he was talking? The, the the guy was like, "Hey Dallas, I started you in fantasy this weekend." Yeah. And Dallas was like, "How many I get?" And the the guy's like, 30. He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> he's getting amped up over the fantasy. I thought that was funny. You know, he's got a, another, you know, uh, good personality uh, on that on that Eagles offense. So yeah, Dallas Goddard. We can close on on a high note. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I was definitely pleased with the way he played yesterday. Also, Eagles, I forgot to mention, in the run game, have been killing it. Once again. Yeah, so props to Sirianni for sticking with the run, not ditching it like we've seen in the past, not just from him, but also with Doug Peterson. So I'm pleased with where the Eagles are right now. And, uh, yeah, if they make a playoff spot, eh, I don't care. Yeah, But, I mean, I'm just going to enjoy it week by week. Exactly. I mean that's all that's all you can do. That's my that's been my approach pretty much from the beginning of the season. I mean, but you look at the schedule. You got Washington, the Giants, Washington again and the Cowboys. Cowboys at home this time. Very it's it's very 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 possible these next 4 weeks are going to be um they're going to be fun. Should be fun, but once again the development's really what I'm looking for. Right. Um if the playoff spot comes with it, cool. Can't can't ask for much better than that in a year like this. So that's the NFC East and overall the playoff picture. Let's switch, yeah, now to the AFC East. Pats Bills last night, fourteen to ten was the final. Mac Jones only attempted three passes, completed two of them. Patriots were running the ball all night, and they come away with a fourteen to ten win, take first place in that division, which is huge, considering where this team was last year. You know, they weren't necessarily bad last year. They were kind of just mediocre, trying to find an identity. They start this year off somewhat on that same thread, but they have taken off, and they're now arguably one of the best teams in the league right now. What did you see in that game last night? How much people underrate good coaching, I think. Yeah. Now, you can't 
begin to talk about this game without talking about the wind. That, that was undoubtedly a factor. There was a, a graphic that popped up at one point that said the wind was 50 to 55 miles per hour, which is insane. I don't even know if if I have experienced that here in, in State College, and the winds get pretty nasty here yeah. sometimes. But th- that's just it, it's that's just unbelievable, and it was a legitimate factor in this game from the very start. A couple punts were redirected, uh, and, and then obviously – you know the the Tyler Bass field goal that ended up slicing right and put the Bills in a in a didn't put them in a good position to win the game, um, especially considering how the how the passing offenses were struggling as well. But not for the Patriots because they decided just to completely eliminate that from the game plan and just pound the rock at the mouth of the Buffalo Bills defense. It was the same formation, two different plays, yep. the whole entire game. And the Bills could not stop it. Now, credit Stevenson. Stevenson's good. Ramondre Stevenson, he can stay healthy. That's going to be a name that I think uh, could could be around the league for a while. And Damian Harris, too, breaking the breaking that huge run that I think set the tone um, early in the game for the Pats. But, yeah, they, they threw one pass in the first half, which is the fewest in 30 years, and only threw three in the in the – in the whole game, which is the fewest since 1970s. So, I mean, Bill Belichick, I mean, if that game, I have to imagine if that game goes the other way and the Patriots do lose that game, then is Belichick criticized for running, only running the ball? He has to be, I feel like. But the fact that they squeaked it out and, you know, that the Pats' defense is legit and – their their Patriots running running rushing attack is legit as well, and I think it says a lot about you know how well that team is coached and how well it's playing up to its potential every single week. I agree. I agree. You bring up a good point right there. If they do lose the game, that's interesting. Did you see the uh, the post game press conference with uh, oh I forget who the two Bills players were. Yeah, it was Poyer and was it Hyde. My thing is Poyer and Hyde, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was funny. I love seeing just overall people, player-wise, just get mad at reporters when they ask dumb questions. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the reporter asked two Bills defenders, are you embarrassed by the defensive showing? You know, the fact that they were able to run the ball all game. Which, A, dumb question. Because, what, the Patriots only scored 14 points? Yeah. I, and if yeah. not for a couple of those big plays, that, like you said, and especially that one by Damian Harris, mm-hmm. then uh, aside from that, yeah, Bill's defense did a really solid job. And, yeah, they're just up there at the podium saying, what are we doing? Get this clown out of here. They were they were pressed. They were like, oh, they were, we'll yeah. remember that. We'll remember that question. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Sucks no, to be never, that to, never to ask someone like that. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Any other uh, – Key storylines, any other big games you want to touch on a little bit before we maybe get into a, a updated playoff picture, who we think the contenders are here? Ooh, I mean, there were a lot. The one that stuck out to me, I was watching um, a, a lot of the Bengals-Chargers games. Those two those two have to be the most inconsistent teams in the NFL at this point. Yes. But both of them somehow, uh, I think they're in the I think they're in the 6-7 and seven spot in the AFC. Um, so, you know, both of them, both young quarterbacks, young gunslingers, uh, Joe Burrow, I I don't did, is there a report on what happened to his pinky? Because I, I think he broke his pinky and he I'll stayed in the game. I I haven't seen a, an update on that, but I was watching that game a lot. 
Um, and then really no other, I don't think there are any ma- other major shakeups uh, this week except um, 49ers and the Steelers. Or excuse me, the Seahawks and the Steelers coming in as, as underdogs and beating, getting some two two big wins over division rivals. Russell Wilson finally, you know, seemed like he's he's back to to form, but he always shows up against the 49ers, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens there. But yeah, outside of that, um, Joe Brady got let go. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Joe Brady fired before any head coach uh, so far crazy. this year. Caught me off guard a little bit. Doesn't really surprise me. Because I don't know if that Panthers offense is is living up to its potential, what it should be. Um, but yeah, uh, there's there's rumors right now he could go to Miami, the, like U of Miami, like down there in Florida. With Cristobal, just Twitter's speculation. I see, but a lot of people are saying that. I'm just wondering, could he go back to college? I feel like he has to. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He'll probably. I see. But if I were him, I wouldn't go back to college unless I had a head coaching job yeah it would yeah definitely would have to be the, the head coaching gig unless it's like offensive coordinator if bill o'brien leaves alabama as offensive coordinator goes to get a head coaching job somewhere else alabama oc is the only Ooh. job i would take that's not a head coaching gig if i were joe brady yeah but i'd be looking for a head coaching gig somewhere yeah i mean he just has to put lsu 2019 offensive coordinator on his resume yeah. and you know he's top of the list yeah um, the one thing I will say, A, Joe Burrow dislocate. Pardon me, I can't speak today. My mouth is still like really cold from standing. I was on a phone call outside for some reason. For some reason, I didn't go inside. I stayed outside. <laughs> um, but Joe Burrow dislocated pinky, mm. and uh, he's not going to miss any time. Okay, allegedly, that's what the reports are saying. Yeah, but then um, gutsy performance by him. Yeah. Second thing, going off of that Steelers game, went over the Ravens. I'm calling the Penn State Ohio State basketball game Sunday night. Yeah, and uh, I'm up there with Preston Shoemaker, Preston diehard Steelers fan. Our game is about ready <laughs> to start. Preston's still on his phone watching the the Steelers Ravens game on on whatever he was using on his phone, and he's fired up and he's going crazy. <laughs> and so I was, I was happy to see him get that W for his team. Um, yeah. Before we go to a break, real fast, each conference, who are you looking at to uh, represent their conference in the Super Bowl? Do you have any? Do you have uh, any? I obviously love the Packers. Yeah, just because Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Um, But I do fear the way they always kind of seem to collapse. Late in the playoffs, um, so I'll probably go Bucks or Packers. AFC. Yeah, there's the Cardinals too, but I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if people are talking about them enough. They're ten and two, but I just feel like the lack of experience. Cliff Kingsbury. I just feel like that's kind of what's holding me back too. Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously, could we see, could we see a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady Super Bowl? I think it's very feasible at this point. Maybe, I mean, yeah, Patriots. Not only are they the number one seed in the AFC East, they're number one seed in the entire AFC. Yeah, I mean, then then, then there's you can't count out the Chiefs either. Yeah, Chiefs I think are, it's going to be Patriots yeah. or Chiefs. 
they're sneaking back up into the the, the picture after a pretty bad start. Patriots, Chief, um, or Buccaneers and Packers. That's I mean, yeah, what I'm wrong with. Yeah, if I had to, yeah, I, I would agree with you. If I had to place money on it, I don't know if I'd bet against Tom Brady. No, but and then yeah, Mac Jones scares me a little bit in the AFC. I just don't know if he's made for the moment. So Chiefs maybe as well. Ravens dealing with some injuries. Titans too, but they've been sticking around. Chiefs Bucks. Maybe get a rematch. It's possible. You think they have um, Mac Attack shirts in New England? I feel like that's easy money. Like, yeah, if not, they're missing itself. out. They're missing out. I'm yeah. sure it'll come around playoff time. I'll look it up over the commercial break. So they have <laughs> Mac Attack shirts, but we do have to go to a commercial break real fast. So stick around. You're listening to No Boundaries right here on Com Radio, and we'll be back right after this. Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. You heard that right. Hockey Night in State College is back on Com Radio's airwaves from 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights with Chris Hess, Danny Murray, and Nate Pullen. That's 7 to 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights right here on Com Radio. Hey, Cade. Hey, Emily. Did you know that Mr. Rogers was a pastor before his television show? No, I didn't. Well, did you also know that Ted Bundy escaped prison two different times? Wait a minute. This is a lot coming at me right now. How do you know all this? I listen to our talk show, Documentary Deep Focus. Oh, the one every Tuesday at 445? That's it. Well, I can't wait to see you there. Tune in on Com Radio to hear what Emily and I find out this week on Documentary Deep Focus. Do you want to know about the world around you? Know how government decisions may impact you? Learn how you can respond? Tune in to Com Radio on Thursdays from 7 to 7.30 and check out Current Events with Conley for your daily dose of politics, sports, and pop culture. Take part in the discussion and analysis of what's new and exciting in our world. Welcome back into No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin, right here on Com Radio. Oh, wait, I didn't even... Oh, I forgot to check if there were Mac Attack shirts. That's the whole reason I got <laughs> up my phone during the break. Uh, you transition us, I got you. Mac Attack. Yeah, you, you got it, you got it. You'll, you'll check it out. Anyway, dang, I'm such an idiot. We're back. No Boundaries, as I just... Punched my microphone accidentally as I went to cross my arms. Um, let's talk some Penn State football. Well, talk some Penn State football to start off, and then we also had a very jam-packed week of some fun conference championship <clears throat> matchups in college football as well, so we'll get into those too. But Penn State football, they're going to the Outback Bowl, which I will say I don't know who this person is, but I had insider information in a way. Um, on one of the message boards, uh, somebody just like two days before the announcement, before Selection Sunday, they were like, yeah, Penn State's going to the Outback Bowl. And I was like, hmm. I saw that. I said, where is that coming from? Because I didn't think that was an option at all. Obviously, we were talking about 
Vegas Bowl or Music City in Nashville or the Pinstripe Bowl, I thought was very likely. But Penn State, mainly, I I, I, oppose, I suppose, because of the brand, because yep. of the fact that they know that fans are going to travel well to Florida and it's still on the East Coast and, you know, they're not having to go all the way out to Vegas. Penn State somehow gets the Outback Bowl, which is a very good bowl, mm-hmm. uh, for, especially for the, the way that this team has played this season and losing some big-time games. They, they finished 7-5, and five, ninth in the conference. And they still come away with the Outback Bowl. Okay, that, that works. Yeah, take it. Playing Arkansas. I, first of all, I also love the fact that it's a New Year's Day game, which obviously the Outback Bowl always is. But even if Penn State was playing in a New Year's Six, I hate the oh December 28th or December 29th. Yeah. Give me New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, preferably New Year's Day. I love it. So that's going to be a really good time against Arkansas, a very good team. Going to be interesting to see if Penn State can win it. Uh, it has – very similar vibes to uh, Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl. I guess it was three years ago now. Yeah, wow. Well. But I don't know. How are you feeling about the uh, the bowl game matchup? Yeah. Uh, first, I will say there are Mac Attack tees yes. and sweatshirts, okay. courtesy Thank of you. Barstool Sports. It's the um, the one picture of him smoking the cigar with his shirt off after Alabama's natty win. That's the one. On the on the hoodie, and then it says Mac Attack in, in lettering underneath. Of course, it's Barstool. Barstool. Always, always comes through. Yep, with the the uh, apparel. Um, apparel. Anyways, the <laughs> anyways the game. Um, yeah, I was I was shocked too. Honestly, I like I said, I expected fully expected Music City Bowl um, or Pinstripe even more so. I think it, like you said, it has a lot to do with the brand of yeah. Penn State football. The fact that fans will travel, you know, they're going to get people tuning in and watching. Um, but another kind of uh, angle that I took of this. If you look at it, both teams, Arkansas, but Penn State was really close to a lot more this season. So maybe right. the committee sees that and say, oh, yeah, they were a quarterback injury away. They were, you know, a, a couple poorly executed plays on defense away from true playoff contention. And I think the same rings true for Arkansas. You know, they let, uh, they, <laughs> they had the number one team in the nation in their grasp right now in, in Alabama. Just let that slip away at the end, and then the um, the decision to go for two, the failed two point conversion against Ole Miss. Right now, you could be looking at Arkansas with two more wins under their belt. Obviously, they lost to Georgia as well, the number one team in the nation. Um, but they, you know, they were able to finish their season on a little bit of a high note, winning four of their last five, as opposed to Penn State losing five of the last seven. And yeah, Arkansas, they they beat some. They beat, beat some good teams. They beat Texas A&M, who, you know, beat Alabama as well. They Like I said, they really put it to Alabama, gave them a little bit of a scare. So, you know, this is a a very, very, very interesting matchup. Because and then Penn State, you know, lost five of its games by a combined 21 points. You take out Ohio State, it's four games by a combined 11. You know, that's, that's not, that's not, that's not a lot whatsoever. And it, you know, it's 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 indicative of a couple poor play calls, couple poorly executed plays. So, you know, I, I think this is a this is gonna be an interesting matchup. This is probably one of the most interesting ones uh, of the of the past couple of years. And I, I, I Penn State opens as a three point favorite. I don't I have I don't know if I have an inclination how this turns out. 
but I think it's going to ride a lot on the fact that Jahan Dotson suits up. Yeah. All the whoever, you know, all the all the seniors suit up. I know the Arkansas has some players too, Penn State has players outside of Dotson who may or may not decide to play in the game. But I I don't think we can really look at it and be like, okay, who's going to win this? Who's going to do what until we know who's fully playing? So those are my early thoughts. I also the main thing I'm curious about is with Brent Pry now gone. That too. The guy yeah. who's been your defensive coordinator for eight years. What's the direction going to be for that defense? And Poindexter, co-defensive yeah. coordinator, most likely going to wind up elsewhere as well. So Stop taking the coordinators, man. What I the- don't know. <laughs> well, and also one of the other things that you need to also be fearful of is Brent Pry takes his head coaching job. Does he take people with him to Virginia Tech? Now, I think that would have already been announced. I think that already would have been you know, rumored and like, oh, yeah, Brent Pry has taken – Terry Banks, whatever, uh, but that hasn't necessarily been yeah. in the news cycle at all. So definitely going to be exciting to see Penn State down there in Tampa, but also intriguing because we don't know exactly what to expect. And this is a team that has had a brutal end to the season. How do they respond? Do they want to come out and really end on a high note to at least get one victory, uh, you know, to maybe make up for some of the victories that they didn't get? ones that they absolutely could have gotten or are they just totally dejected and kind of over to the season and they don't come out very inspired i don't know but we shall see that's january 1st and then yes we had a a couple other uh big time announcements on sunday i just want to say the last time penn state was in the outback bowl joe pause final yeah 2010 yeah just interesting little little nugget against uh urban meyer yes sir in florida yeah Crazy. Unfortunately, took the loss, but yeah, you know, just it's it's crazy, man. Like eleven eleven years later, and right back, uh, Jimmy Jimmy Franklin running. The Jimmy show. Franklin, not to get too sidetracked. I do believe Urban Meyer would have been Penn State football's head coach had the scandal not happened. I think he was going to be the successor to Joe Paterno. Think so? I do. Wow. I mean, imagine that. Just saying. I, because they, they were really, really, really good friends, Urban Meyer, Joe Paterno. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were. Ah. Just just side note. Anyway. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. That's enlightening. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I might research that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so that, that just wanted to get that out there. But Conference Championship Saturday, Alabama, huge win over Georgia. I thought that Alabama was going to be able to keep it close just because Georgia really hasn't played much competition all year. Yes, they were dominant all year. Yes, they absolutely should have been the number one team, but they had not fully been tested. And they finally got a real test Saturday. They had no idea how to handle it and how to overcome that test. They did not win. They got beat by double digits by Alabama. So Bama in the playoff, they obviously needed that win to make it in. There there was no way they weren't going to be – or there was no way that they were going to make it in had they lost – Mm-hmm. So they came out ready to fight. I think also that factor into it too. Georgia didn't need to win. They knew that they were in the playoff regardless. Mm-hmm. But Michigan comes out and thumps Iowa, forty-two to three. That was shocking. I now, not to get too ahead of myself because we're going to get to the rankings in a little bit. But Michigan, Georgia, very excited to see how that semifinal matchup yeah. squares off. Uh, elsewhere, Utah destroys Oregon. 
I thought Utah, again, was going to win that game, very similar to how I thought Bama was going to keep it close, was not expecting the emphatic nature of that win. No, Oregon didn't show up. Yeah, or Oregon is overrated, and, yeah, we we knew coming <laughs> in that, uh, yeah, that, that was probably – they might have been exposed even more. So that was good to see. Oklahoma State choked to Baylor. Wow, I uh... had how many tries? It was fourth and two. I think they had three tries to get it into the end zone late in the game. Baylor stops them. Multiple times. They could not score in the red zone. I watched no. that game. Could not punch it in. Yeah. Worst game of the season in the in the championship for yeah. the, for the, no, for the pokes. I, they were the most underrated team all year. I think and they so had, too, yeah. Uh, they had a prime opportunity. I think if they win that game, I think they jump Cincinnati maybe. Makes things interesting, definitely. Yeah, and, and they go to the playoff. But the moment was too big for them, I guess. Definitely. Um, and then in the ACC, Pitt wins – Whatever. So those are your four conference championships. And then, yeah, Cincinnati won the AAC, so they are 13-0. and And to shake things out, we have Alabama, number one seed, after beating Georgia in the just dominant fashion that they did. Michigan jumps ahead to number two. Or no, they were already at number two, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were. They yeah. were. I take that back. They stay at number two. Georgia falls to number three. And then Cincinnati is the number four team because, again, yeah, Oklahoma State did not give them any type of pressure, you know, on their backs or anything. It was a very easy decision, probably the easiest decision that this committee has had in the Final Four in the entirety of the the time that the college football playoff has been around. Alabama 1, Michigan 2, Georgia 3, Cincinnati 4. Are you excited to see what is in the cards for us come, uh, I think it's December 31st? I mean, how can you not be? I don't know. I mean, look, Georgia ran the show all year. Well, the committee's – their number one ranking did not change. That was the committee's team all year. And then Alabama comes in, Nick Saban. Poor Kirby Smart. Yeah. He just cannot get over the hump, which is Nick Saban. He has his, he's fielded his best team that he's had at Georgia. And – can't come away with it in the conference championship. But like you said, it, there was maybe some sort of, um, I don't want look-ahead aspect maybe a little bit because Georgia, win or lose that game, the dogs are making an end of the playoffs. And um, they did. They dropped a three. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it definitely was the easiest decision that the committee had, had to make um, all year if, if OSU wins. Definitely makes it interesting. Notre Dame. They just didn't do enough, and I think the loss of Brian Kelly uh, pretty much, you know, cemented that. Um, and Cincinnati, small small school, gets a chance finally, so people can shut up about that. And I hate to say it, I love love Cincinnati, love what they've done. They had a heck of a season, but I just can't see how they don't get throttled by Alabama in that first first round. I don't know. You think you think otherwise? Look at it. Alabama's had a bunch of like one possession games. No, this they year. have. They, yeah, I just think you know, I was just Nick Saban in the playoffs. I, I could be, hey, I could be totally wrong. But then what they did to the dogs, I thought it would be a lot closer than that. I. But, but then hey, maybe Bryce Young, I first you know real playoff action, it doesn't come up. I think because there have been times where like Oklahoma has been the four seed, and I look at Oklahoma whether it was with. Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield. Uh, and I look at them like they are going to get waxed by 
these other teams, whether it was Bama or LSU, because I knew that the defense of Oklahoma was awful and was just not going to be able to compete with any of these bigger teams. Yeah, I actually like Cincinnati's chances more so than I like those like four-seed Oklahoma teams going up against number one. I, I do. I, I think they also have a lot of motivation here to prove that the group of five yeah. is worthy of being in the conversation every year, worthy of making it into the playoff. They have a lot of weight on their shoulders, a chip on their shoulder as well. Yeah, really no pressure. Either. Yeah, to, to come in Alabama. here yeah. and show people that, you know, this is exactly what a group of five team can be made of and we can hang around with the big boys and I, I think they can stick around for a little bit. So I'm interested to see that game. And, and I would be – I'm so much more interested watching this game than I would be if there was, like, a Notre Dame in there. Yeah, definitely. Or, um, you know, if Oklahoma State had won. Yeah, I I, I think if they had been in the playoff, then they probably would have been uh, demolished by Alabama or a Michigan or something like that. But at least here we have the possibility of, like a Boise State, Oklahoma type of situation back in, you know, 2007, 2008, whatever that was, like the chance of a major upset, the chance to see what a small school can do. I, I'm really excited. Yeah, I, 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 I think, like that. I like that angle. Yeah, I, I think it could be good. And I'm, I'm rooting for Cincy. I, I hope that they can pull it off, but we'll see. I don't think they will, but I, I do think that they can make it close, at least for a little bit before Bama pulls away. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah. Ritter, you know, he's got a Got to obviously play well, keep pace with that with yeah. Bryce Young. Don't turn the ball over, and hey, yeah, it could be a game. Who knows? But yeah, that's all coming up. Very excited about that. Um, what other big? I mean, Crystal Ball going to Miami. Um, as you brought up, we talked about it last night, though. Brian Kelly, or not last night, last week. Brian Kelly, LSU. I love seeing him talk in the the Southern accent, trying <laughs> to act like he's from the South. It's like, no, you're not. Just quit the BS. <laughs> One, that's one of the weirdest the things I've ever seen. Yeah, but all good. College football is fun right now. It Bowl is. Bowl season, my favorite time of the year. All this head coaching, coaching, carousel stuff. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And uh, just interesting. Fun yeah. Well, I don't know. Is the Heisman interesting this year? I feel like it'll really. be Bryce Young. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Bryce Young because of the win last he beat week. Georgia. Yeah. If C.J. Stroud and Ohio State beat Michigan, C.J. Stroud is getting it. Mm-hmm. They blew it though, yeah. um, and so he's not going to get the Heisman. It's going to be Bryce Young. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, it'll be Bryce Young. Yeah. I mean, it, hey, he doesn't win that. Can he pick it? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I know it sounds. I know it sounds just totally outlandish, but Kenny Pickett's had a heck of a year, and that fake slide, <laughs> absolutely nasty. One of the grossest things I've ever. Do you seen. want to talk about that? We can talk about that, but it can't be legal. It's can't too op. It's way too op. Can't be legal. The defender, you give yourself up. The quarterback's got to do the same. Defenders did everything that they have been instructed to do. Everything that they have been taught to do, so they avoid a penalty. And the quarterback was using their extreme privilege to, you know, score. Th- that was a touchdown. It was. That was a. It's long not, well, touchdown, it wasn't yeah. just like, oh yeah, he faked the slide and then got an extra five yards. He made it to the end zone. Yeah. Because he faked the slide, defenders gave up on the play because they're like, okay, yeah, we can't go after him. He's untouchable. Mm-hmm. He's going for the slide, and Pickett goes, nope. I am not giving myself up. <laughs> I am keeping 
this run going, and I'm going to make it to the end zone. I couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah, we can't be celebrating this. That's terrible. Yeah. That, mean, that's yeah. terrible to see a quarterback do that and, you know, use take advantage of these soft rules that have been put in place to keep quarterback safe. Yeah, it's quarterback, Not only yeah. is he yeah, staying safe, but he's now using those safe rules to his benefit to get his team more points. I hated it. Yeah, it's a rule. You're protecting quarterbacks, and he's essentially exploiting it. it yeah. I didn't like it. I'm totally with you. It can't be legal. I'm surprised we haven't seen it before. Um, That's also true. But, yeah, it's, 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 there's going to be a rule that comes out shortly, I, I can imagine. Most I likely. Mean, it, it was fun for for once to, to see it. Um, but, yeah, it can't, can't happen again, unfortunately. I agree. But, yeah, that's all uh, about college football. Yeah, but it was funny. I was with somebody from Pitt over the weekend, and I'm like, hey, pick it for Heisman. They're like, yeah, he's going to win it. I was like, that was a joke. They said, oh, screw you. Um, <laughs> I was I was in Pitt calling volleyball when we, oh, were, yeah. when we were leaving um on one of the big the big buildings i forget what uh well, i forget what building it was exactly but they had the lights on the building were coordinated to say uh kenny or was it or picket for heisman or something oh, like God. that whatever yeah, it was funny and then they had like a the picture of him yeah it was it was funny but yeah you know it, it was a good it was a good run for kenny pickett and the in the panthers first acc championship ever for them Pit, that city was going crazy no okay it won't happen again. No, it, yeah, it won't. Let them just let them enjoy it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we're gonna go to a break. We'll be back after this, talking some hoops, and uh, yeah, we're gonna wrap up the show as well. So stick around. This is No Boundaries right here. Hello there. I am the President of the United States, telling you to tune into Lunch Break Mondays, twelve to twelve thirty on Com Radio. There, hosts Chip DeFalco and Dugan Lloyd break down all the biggest stories in sports and go over the past weekend's NFL slate. It's my new favorite show. Me, the President of the United States. Lunch Break, Mondays from 12 to 12.30, live on Com Radio. I just don't know what music I should be listening to. Well, you have to listen to... What movies have come out this week? I was trying to say you should. I just don't know what to think about entertainment. Nittany Record Club. What? The Nittany Record Club is every Thursday starting at 7.45 p.m. All things entertainment? All things entertainment. See you there. Oh, no. It's a Wednesday afternoon. There's no football on. Where are you going to get your football picks? Well, we've got you covered right here on Com Radio every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Tune in to First and Ten with Trevor Grady and Chris S. They'll tell you everything you need to know about the world of football each week. That's Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on Com Radio. Media Center. It's Zach Donaldson and Connor Griffin talking all sports, anytime, any place, no boundaries. Right here on Com Radio. I just want to apologize. I totally cut myself off at the end of the last commercial break. I'm the one in charge of the board, and I'm the one in charge of choosing when we go to commercial. And I said, "Yeah, let's go to commercial right in the middle of when I'm talking, <laughs> sending it to commercial." 
I got to do a better job. Uh, like I said, I'm still cold. I don't know why. I, I was outside for an hour. Mouth is kind of like chattering a little bit, and I'm shaking, and my hands are all of a sudden now messing up the board. I don't know what's going on. Terrible. That's how cold it is here, folks. Yeah, it is kind of cold. Anywho, let's talk some hoops. Sixers, one, two straight. Mm-hmm. Went over the Hornets on the road last night. Was it last night or two nights ago? It was, it was last night, yeah. I'm. Uh, it's been such a blur. I have no idea what day it is. Um, it's end of the semester. It's... Yes, also true. I have to write an essay tonight. That just reminds me. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's due tomorrow. <laughs> it's due tomorrow. Um, but two straight wins. They pick up this win in Charlotte. Joel Embiid, 43 points? Yep. Unreal. 43-15-7. and seven. Which is good to see. Because he's, you know, hasn't been playing to the same MVP caliber level. Obviously, he came off of COVID and yeah. took a lot out of him. And now he's back and seems to be fully functioning again, which is nice to see because, yeah, this team was not the same without him. Um, yeah. And the team as a whole has just not really been able to gel a whole lot this season. So yeah. nice to see that win last night, even though ideally you don't go to overtime against – the Charlotte Hornets. Without half their team, too. Yes. Yeah. That's also a good way of putting it. But what are you thinking about the Sixers? How do you think they're shaping up so far? And are you uh, optimistic about where they can go? Yeah, I I mean, you always, I I guess I always am, maybe to to a fault. Um, But, yeah, you don't like to to see, you know, you're struggling against a Hornet. I think the Hornets are pretty good. They could they can make the playoffs, but they didn't have half their team last night. Out with some that's, COVID. Yeah, that's the key. Yeah, out with some COVID, some illnesses, um, and it was. I mean, the Sixers don't even come close to winning that if Embiid doesn't carry. Uh, he willed. He willed that team to victory. Now I was watching the 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 Monday Night Football game, so I had this. I was peering at this periodically um, on my on my laptop, and. It was the 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 thing that stood out to me was just Embiid, like you said, he's been struggling since he's come back to, from COVID a little bit. He says he's not even close to one hundred percent. Which yeah. I mean, if he's still if he's doing this and he's not close to one hundred percent, I, I want to say that's a good thing. Uh, but he said he's still feeling like tired and it comes and goes. So maybe late last night was a night he felt you know semi good. Was able to he literally willed his team. He literally willed the Sixers to victory. Yeah. Some of those jump shots that he was making in the fourth quarter and overtime. Just nuts. When his jumper, I've said it so many times. His jumper is one of the most lethal that I've in the league today. When it's on, it's on, and he's he's hard to defend. And uh, he he was he carried the he carried the team last night. Where Sixers were able to come, fifteen turnovers, which is not ideal. But then again, Maxi was out. Didn't really have a primary ball handler, and we know Maxi's been great, um, especially with not turning the ball over. But. Ultimately, Sixers were able to squeak it out, and you know that's that's good to good to. It's a good thing coming off of a, a win too against the Hawks. You're able to build off of that the little redemption uh, win against the Hawks, and um, you could tell that it, Embiid was amped after that. I don't know if you saw the the ending when uh, Hornets or not the Hornets, the Hawks missed the shot. I forget who it was, but he was like he like fist bumped in the air. He was amped up. You could tell that that meant meant. A little bit more to him was a little personal, um, so you always like to see the Sixers build off of that and not, you know, um, regress. So that was that's 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 what I liked, especially. And then the 
we we closed last week's show. I, I believe the Celtics they played the Celtics that night. I think it was last Tuesday night or last Wednesday mm-hmm. night. Just a poor effort all around on on offense. Embiid couldn't get anything going. So you like where he's you know you know like where it's you know it's not he just has a, a fluke game here and there, but ultimately he can still play at an MVP level, and we see that. But ultimately, the the jury's still out on this team, at, at least in my mind. Um, gosh, <laughs> sometimes with this mask, I, I lose my breath, and it's hard to talk. Um, I agree. Cannot catch my breath. But, anyways, yeah, it was a it was a you know I'm I'm, I'm satisfied with this with with the win. Um, I will I think Shake Milton. Last thing I want to say, stepped up in in Maxie's absence, had 16. Sixers need that. They need some consistent production off the bench. Got it from Shake Milton last night. I think next to him and Embiid, two of the big reasons that Sixers were able to to get that win. Tobias, he played a Tobias, typical Tobias game. Just kind of, he's there. He'll mm-hmm. score every once in a while. Doesn't really put his prints on on the game too much. Did finish with 21 and 11, but um, you know. Just hasn't he? He hasn't been great. He's just been Tobias. Yeah. Like a little more out of him, but we'll see. Thirteen and eleven, Sixers sit at currently, and um, hey, maybe we we the team gains a couple new pieces here shortly as rumors are swirling about Portland trying to blow it up, uh, Indiana trying to blow it up, and Ben Simmons still on the table. Well. Damian Lillard did say that he would like to play with Ben Simmons. Yeah. So we'll see. But the other question I, I'm questioning now to CJ McCollum, because obviously you need CJ McCollum in a package. Right. With uh for Ben Simmons. Does he really take the Sixers over the top? I don't think so. I don't really either. Cause I mean, you, you, I think Maxie's the the primary ball handler right now. So I think we've covered that. And I, I, part of me just thinks he makes it more confusing, especially on, on offense, on offense and defense. I think it's a valid point, and I also question his consistency in the postseason. McCollum, that too, has not really been able to show out. Has been a very unreliable number two out there in Portland to Damian Lillard. <sighs> yeah, at this point though, and this is. Ben Simmons' fault, he's the best that you can get mm-hmm. because Ben doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to improve his stock anymore. And in return, not only is he putting the Sixers in a bad situation because they can't get rid of him, he's putting himself in a worse situation because the Sixers aren't going to get rid of him unless there are big-time chips on the table from another team. McCollum, probably the biggest asset out there you could get because I know, you know, Simmons wants to go to the Warriors. You're not getting enough in return from the Warriors. No, especially how well they're playing. To warrant a trade. And, yeah, yeah. they don't they're, – they're fine without Simmons. No. I – yeah, Simmons is creating a situation where he's a diva. He hasn't played. He's going to have to work his way in and – there aren't going to be many teams that want to give up a lot of assets to get them, and that's going to create problems. And you are, if you're the Sixers, going to have to rely on a Portland or an Indiana who are trying to blow things up and start over. I don't know. I do not know. Yeah, it's a, it's not an 
not an ideal situation. Yeah, and it's going to keep going most likely. But, hey. We'll see. Good win last night. Hopefully we, we play, the Sixers play the Hornets again um, tomorrow. Yeah. Back in or in in Philly. Was it in Philly last night? No. Okay, so then it's in Philly yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah. Home and home. Yeah. Somehow we always squeak out these games during versus the Hornets. I always think of Kemba's sixty. Whenever yeah. Sixers play the Hornets, yep. I always think of Kemba's sixty. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna remain like that. Somehow they won that game, and uh, somehow they won the game yesterday too. But I won't complain. Hornets Hawks always those two teams. I'm always worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's gonna do it for us though on no boundaries. A little bit of an early stop time, but Zachary, where can they find you on social media before we head out? Hitting hitting them with a full name. Yeah. <laughs> You can't find me on social media, at Zachary, anything. But you can find me at Zach Donaldson underscore on all platforms. And uh, follow the show's account as well on Twitter, at N0Boundaries. You can hear the recording of the show if you feel inclined to listen again. Also, real quick, I forgot. Did you see anything interesting in the news? Ooh, I did not. But I, this is the first thing that came to mind. You met, you met Hunter Schaefer yesterday. Oh, yeah, that was a good time. Epic, man. I mean... Euphoria is a great show. I love that show. Excited for season two, January ninth. Uh, I know. I'm I'm amped, and um, I mean that's that's dope. I saw that picture. That's, that's she was sick. really cool. Yeah, yeah, she seems like she would be a really down to earth. Really down to earth. I was about to say the same thing. Boom, Jace <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth, and you took the words out of my mouth. That would have been my uh, yeah, big time thing, news unrelated to sports or whatever. But hey, it works out. That's epic. Yeah. So yeah, you can find me at Real C Griff. It was a good time last night. Good time tonight on the show. Always a pleasure seeing you. And, uh, yeah, maybe we'll be back next week. It's finals week. But if we can be on the air, we'll be on the air. So Mm -hmm. we'll keep you posted. But for now, this has been No Boundaries with Zach Donaldson, Connor Griffin. If this is the last time this semester, thank you very much for listening. Hope you stick around for next semester. But hopefully we see you next week. So be on the lookout, and we will definitely see you soon, whatever the case is. Peace.